Now, as you know, every Sunday in the month of January, we review our purpose statement, our mission statement, and kind of our process. So let's do this. Our purpose statement is this. We believe, it, uh, we believe a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church, loving God and loving other people. And it grows a great church and it grows great Christians. How we do that is through our mission statement. We join people seeking purpose and we offer life through Jesus Christ. The process by which we do that is symbolized through the track. Put the track up there, there it is. We bring people in to celebrate. That is a purpose, worship. We move them in to committing to Christ and to the church, to being a part of a spiritual family. God doesn't want anyone to be an orphan, okay? Then we move them to connecting, connecting with other people. You really grow better when you can converse with others as opposed to you sitting still while I instill, okay? Men, we go to serving, where you discover your shape, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your ability, your personality, and your experiences in life. God has given you a unique shape that he wants to use inside the church and outside the church. And then we move people in to sharing, sharing their stories with their families, their loved ones, their, their kids, and others in their relational world. We go back out, we bring them in, and we do it all over again. That is our strategy. Now, in the world, there are all kinds of different sporting events. There is baseball, the World Series. There's NASCAR. There is uh, the World Cup soccer games. There's the Summer and Winter Olympics. But then there's the creme de la creme, the Super Bowl. Now, the best moments in a Super Bowl, in my opinion, beyond the commercials, right, is the moment when the Vince Lombardi trophy is handed over to the team. Now, I want you to dream with me. If you could be on that stage receiving the Vince Lombardi trophy, what position as a player would you want to have? Quarterback? Tight end? Receiver? Linebacker? For me, obviously, it's got to be the quarterback, right? I mean, I am the senior pastor. I'm the one that calls the plays. I pass the ball off to others to get the job done. Now, as you're dreaming about the position or the player that you want to be, I want to ask you this question. How are you going to get there? And I would remind us that in one week or in two weeks, three weeks from now, when that Vince Lombardi trophy is handed off to that team, it will not be one individual on that, on that stage. There will be a group of people. There will be models of those who've shown others how to get there. There will be mentors who have coached them to get there. There will be partners who actually worked and dreamt and did the work to get there. There will be friends who have prayed and loved them there. Folks, there are all kinds of people 
There, are, there will be all kinds of people around them helping them to reach their dream. Today, we're gonna take a look at the third choice of helping you to reach your destiny, of receiving and winning, so to speak, the Vince Lombardi Trophy. We have been in a series called Let's Make a Deal, and we have taken a look, and we have taken a look at choices, choosing the right values, choosing the right guide. And today we're gonna take a look at choosing the right team. The Bible has a lot to say about this. Take a look at Ecclesiastes chapter four. Two, two people can accomplish more than twice as much as one. They get better return for their labor. labor. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone, when they fall, are in real trouble. And on a cold night, like it was last night, two under the same blanket can gain warmth from each other. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. This passage suggests that you and I have got to be around little teams of people to be protected, to be provided for, in order to reach the destiny that God has for us, in order to win the Vince Lombardi trophy. Now, because we're dreaming, let's dream about that team that is on the stage with us. Imagine being known by them, and I mean fully known, and knowing them. Imagine being loved by them and loving them. Imagine being celebrated by them and celebrating them. Imagine being served by them and you serving them. Folks, God has designed us for relationships. It is in our DNA. We have a longing for belonging when God made creation, he said, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. And then when he made man, he says, it's not good. Now, I know what some of you women are thinking right now. Well, that's because he made a man, okay? If he made a woman first, it would have been not good. It would have been great, right? No, folks, God knew what loneliness would do to people. So he created teams, little teams of people. And this is extremely important for us to grasp and to be more important to, to practice because we live in a culture that is narcissistic. It is all about self and it is seen through all the selfies that we see on the internet. And as a result, it has left people realizing that this self thing, it really doesn't work. It has left us hungry to be known, to be loved, to be celebrated, to be served, and to be connected. We need people in our lives. But we just don't need anybody. We need MVPs. We need most valuable players. We don't need anybody. We need people who are going to help us get to the stage so that Together, we can hold the Vince Lombardi trophy and say, we are the champions of the world. 
Why? How's this even possible? Well, take a look at what Solomon said out of Proverbs 13. Whoever walks with the wise will become wise. Whoever walks with fools will suffer harm. He's saying you got a choice. As you go to the book of Proverbs, there are four types of people. There is the simpleton who doesn't need to change. There is the scoffer who won't change. There is the fool who doesn't believe in God. And then there is the wise person. And God says, you got a choice. You can either walk with the wise and become wise, or you can walk with those who are unwise, and you will suffer harm. And if you think about it, is it not true that the people that you and I connect with pass things on to us, don't they? They pass, our val- they pass their values on to us. We talked about that several weeks ago. They, they, they pass on their wisdom, their opinions, their dreams, their goals, their convictions in life. I, when, when, a high school, or when, a, yeah, when a high school student graduates from high school and they send me an invitation... I I write them a card, and I send them a Bible, I get them a Bible, and I buy them a Starbucks card. And that card that they get from me, I give them three pieces of advice. The first thing I tell them is, whatever you do as you are launching out into your future to reach for that Vince Lombardi trophy, remember to talk to God, and let God talk to you through the Bible. That's why I give them a Bible. Secondly, remember why you're going off to school. You're not going off to party to get away from mom and dad. No, you're going there to get an education, right? But then number three, choose your friends wisely. Because we become like the people we hang with. Today, I want to encourage you, as we move towards God's destiny for us, for you, that Vince Lombardi trophy, to take a step of faith and take your relationships to a new depth, to a higher level. Now, you may be sitting here and you may be thinking, Pastor George, I really don't need any more friends. And you may be right. So here's the challenge. Maybe you need more from your friends. You see, in order to get more out of the relationships that you already have. You've gotta understand the stages of a relationship. And there are five. They go from superficial to soulmate. But beyond that, you also need to understand the definition of those stages. Do you not? Not everyone defines the stages in the same way. Guys define relationships different from girls. Guys define a meaningful relationship as a guy that they can watch TV with, talk about absolutely nothing important. And then if they like each other's company, we've got a meaningful, deep relationship. Ladies define it differently. This holiday season, we had a host of people over. The guys always ended up in the family room watching TV laughing, talking about absolutely nothing and having loud noises come out of their body, okay? It's not funny, it was a competition, okay? The ladies were in the kitchen, serious, 
talking about estrogen or something like that. I don't know, okay? (laughs) Now, you add teenagers to that mix, and folks, relationships are defined differently even there. You can bring, we just had D now, okay? I mean, (laughs) hundreds of students over there, parents, they're what? Praise God, it's done, okay? They had a great time. But I've seen teenagers come together, boys, and in about 10 minutes, they're done talking. They ask, can can we play Xbox? The girls that are in a group, they're in there for an hour. They come out of there, I love you. I know we just met, but you're the most important person in my life. Folks, we just define things differently. Now, one of the great illusions about relationships is this. We tend to think of them as being better than what they are. Isn't that true? And so I want to challenge you with this question. As you are reaching for that Vince Lombardi trophy, is this relationship as meaningful as I think? And if I were you, I would write that question down. Is this relationship as meaningful as I think? Is it going to help me be on the stage and win the Vince Lombardi trophy? Folks, I bring this up because 41 years ago, I had a crisis in my marriage. And at that point in time, folks, I had hundreds of friends, but I didn't know who to call because my relationships were superficial, especially for the gut-wrenching pain that I was experiencing at that time. And I came to a conclusion, George, you walk with a lot of people, but you don't journey very deeply with many. For some of us, that may be true. Oh, we got lots of friends, but no one who we've really journeyed with. Now, you may be sitting here and you may be thinking, but Pastor George, I've got, I've got some spiritual relationships. And I would say that is great. A spiritual relationship is where something deeper is occurring, where you are beginning to, to move towards spiritual maturity. And a lot of you have those types of relationships, maybe in a small group where things of God are discussed. And, and if you are, folks, that is absolutely awesome. But sometimes I think that in these groups, there is nothing more that is happening than Bible trivia, where the inner life is not being shared, especially about what is going on. And so what it ends up being is just God talk. The way I define significant relationships is this. Obviously, there's the spiritual component. There's the social component. But there is something more. These significant relationships are with people that you can talk with anything about, that you can visit without a warning, without apology, that you can share your kids with them, and it's not awkward. And you can loan each other money. I think that's a good one. I like that one right there, okay? Basically, you are doing life together in a deeper way. The soulmate stage is doing life together significantly, but over a number 
of years. Many, many, many years to where when you come to the end of life, you can stand before each other and say, I'm known, I'm loved, I'm served, I'm celebrated. We are connected. I give this continuum to help you evaluate your relationships, the existing relationships that you have so that you can understand what's next. Now, what is an MVP player? The kind of spiritual champion that you need and want to hang around with. Well, there are three qualities of, this, of, of an MVP. The first one is this. M, will you write this down? They are people who motivate your character. You see, some of us are like the homeless guy on the street who was asked, hey, why are you here? And they said, you know what? I lost my motivational CDs. That's why I'm here. My internet went down and I couldn't listen and watch TED Talks anymore. I, 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 uh, my great books of how to win friends and influence people, I lost it. That's why I'm here. Folks, it's not about the seed, motivational CDs you listen to. It is not about the TED Talks that you watch. No. It is about the people that you hang with. Who are those people that when you're around them, you just want to be better? When you are with them, it just does something inside of you that makes you want to try harder and strive more to be better and better and better. Folks, for me, I want to be more thorough when I am around Ben DeBusk. He knows how to dot the I's and cross the T's. I want to be more faith-filled when I'm around Marty Martin. I want to be more loyal when I'm around my prayer team. I want to be more encouraging when I am around Dennis Tolleson. I have never met a person who is more optimistic than Dennis is. I want to be more like Brad Pitt when I'm around my wife. <laughs> who is it that when you are around them, they aspire you to be better and better and better. Once, not once a week, but once every other week, there is a person that I get with that just breathes life into me, who encourages me. And I think they do so because when they look at me, they see on my forehead a 10. And it motivates me to change. And then about once a month, I get with a negative, critical person. They motivate me to be the president of the United States. Oh, come on. I know it's cold. People either bring you up or bring you down, don't they? People in your life are either gasoline or water. When your flame is just barely flickering, who is in your life that's motivating you to grow? Are they gasoline or are they water? You need to evaluate. Do you have people in your life that when you are around them, you just want to be better? The second quality is V, and will you write this down? Values your soul. These are people who will listen to you. 
who will hear your heart, who, who you can open up your inner life to, that you can share your dreams with, your faults with, your fears with. Unfortunately, in our culture today, far too many people share their heart with a computer screen. It's called Facebook. I like it. Little heart. <laughs> oh, a sad face. Folks, I don't know about you, but I don't want to trade my heart for a computer screen. I want to trade my heart for a person who will value it, especially when I am suffering a hurt in my life. A little heart thing, a little sad thing, isn't going to do it. Take a look at what the Bible says about this. In James chapter 5, verse 16, confess your sins, will you circle this phrase, to each other, not to a computer screen, to each other. And pray, will you circle this phrase, for each other so that you may be healed. I experienced this not, not too long ago. I received a critical letter. I get a lot of crazy letters. A lot of times people will write me or email me, hey, George, you shouldn't have said this. You need to talk about this. You know, you shouldn't wear the kind of shirts you wear, whatever. I, I get a lot of crazy letters, okay? But this one was different. It attacked my character and my motives. And it really doesn't matter in this story who it came from or what their point was. My point was that I was wounded and I couldn't shake it. And so I got with a friend and he listened to me. He didn't try to fix it, he listened. And as I walked through my pain, he heard me. As we were talking, he shared about spiritual attacks that he had experienced in his life. And after my conversation with him, my anger turned to compassion and my discouragement turned to encouragement. I was healed. And I walked away from that face-to-face, knee-to-knee encounter a different person. God uses people to impact our souls. Do you have anyone in your life like that? The third quality of an MVP person or player is P. Will you write this down? They are people who praise your journey. Folks, the person sitting next to you, though they may look different and may come from a different background, need and want encouragement. We all look to someone who will look us in the eyes and say, you're doing a good job. Who will praise you. And not just for that moment, but who will do it over the long haul. I have never met a person in my life who doesn't want that. Now some of you are good with this. Others of us, we need to work at it. Take a look at what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 10, 24. Think of ways, in other words, those of us who need to work at it, think of ways 
to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. Folks, Jesus Christ was a master at this. He saw things in people that they didn't see in themselves. And he praised them and he encouraged their hearts. An example of this is a guy named Simeon or Simon. He, he was a loud mouthed, clumsy, impulsive disciple. And, and God called Simon Peter, meaning rock. Now I'm sure if I was there as a disciple and knew Peter. <laughs> Oh, you're kidding me. Jesus, you don't know him very well. He's not a rock. He's a little pebble, okay? And yet Peter became one of the pillars of the early church, just what Jesus said of him. Do you have anyone in your life who will praise your journey, even when things aren't working quite the way you'd like them to work, and who will do it over the long haul? Now, as we look at these MVPs who are on this stage, who are, who are receiving the Vince Lombardi trophy, wouldn't you like to have some of those types of people on your stage with you to win the Vince Lombardi, to help you reach your destiny, your future? If you have a heartbeat, you would say yes. Now, I know that some of you or out there and you're thinking, no, George, it's impossible. It really is. It's too, it's, it's too unrealistic. No, it's not. The chances are that at some point in time in your life, guess what? You had an MVP. You may not have an MVP now, but you had an MVP. You had a model that was, that was modeling for you what you needed to do. Or you had a mentor who was coaching you along the way. Or you had a partner who was, who was working with you to get that dream done. Some point in time, my guess is in your life, you had an MVP. You may not now. Can I encourage you with this? As you start this new year, moving towards that Vince Lombardi trophy, that you write them a thank you note for how they were an MVP in your life. One of our purposes is to celebrate so celebrate God. God, thank you for this MVP. God, thank you for the people that you've brought in my past, that model, that mentor, that partner, that friend who made a difference. The question is this. You and I want to get to the stage. We want to hold the, the, the Vince Lombardi trophy. How do you surround yourself with people who bring out the very best in you, who will help you choose the right values, who will help you choose the right guides? Five things this morning. A, B, C, D, E. A, we write this down. Acknowledge your desire for an MVP in your life. Folks, this is where you start. Talk to God. Say, God, I want this. I want an MVP. I want more MVPs in my life. Some of you have read the Old Testament about the relationship between Jonathan and David. Jonathan and David. David was eventually became King David. Their relationship was so deep with one another that it was described as a love that was sweeter than the love of a woman. It was deep. There came a situation in their relationship 
where they knew there was going to be a crisis in the future. As we start this first of the year, see, it's easy to think, oh, the future is bright. I'm going to take it on. I'm going to win the Vince Lombardi trophy, right? But we know that there's going to be trials and troubles come. Hold on until we get to March. We're going to grow our faith through the book of Daniel. But this is what was happening. And Jonathan made David recommit. Take a look at this in 1 Samuel 20. And Jonathan made David swear again, in other words, recommit, by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. He's saying here, I know there's something that's gonna be tough for us to handle. We need to shake hands again. We need to recommit. And folks, that's what I am asking you to do at the beginning of this year, is that is to recommit to what God has wired in you. You want to be known. It is a part of your DNA. You want to be known and you want to know. You want to be celebrated and you want to celebrate. You want to serve and you want to be served. You want to be connected and you want to connect. The starting point is by just acknowledging it. The second is B. Will you write this down? Broaden your perspective. Broaden your perspective of who might be an MVP in your life. You see, a lot of times I think we have a specific person in our mind, a specific mentor that we want. And if we can't get them, well, guess what? I'm just going to give up. Forget this whole idea. Instead of giving up and focusing on one, Broaden it. Stop thinking, you know what? If I can't get lunch with Ben DeBusk, I'm never gonna be a spiritual person. If I don't get lunch with Marty Martin, I'm never gonna be a spiritual person. If I don't get lunch with Pastor George, I'm never gonna become all that I want to be. Get over that. The point is this. Open up to different people with different backgrounds those who are older and those who are younger. You see, why is it that we don't do this? I think it's because in the back of our mind, subconsciously, we have a list of people that we feel or think that we can receive from and that we can connect with and a list of people that we can't receive from and we can't connect with. Early in my ministry, about two years into this, there was an IBM executive that started coming to our church. He'd been coming around, I guess, a little about a little over a year, and he came to me and says, George, would you like to have lunch together? Well, Mama didn't raise any fool. I said, sure, you buying? Of course, I'm there, okay? I went in, I had lunch, had a great time with him, and he says, can, can I give you a piece of advice? You're, you're starting a new church. Whatever you do, Make sure that you receive from everybody and that you try to connect with everyone. Don't think that there are people out there that you can't receive from and that you can't connect with. It'll help you. As he told me that, and as I reflected on it, I thought, you know what, he's right. In fact, I coined a phrase so that I'll never forget this. Information is motivation to my soul. I want it. Okay? 
so to speak, from an IBM guy, all about information. But as I reflected on that, I thought, you know what, I have to admit that I have a list in the back of my mind, those that I can receive from and those that I can't, those that I can connect with and those that I can't. And I discovered at that, as I reflected on that, that that list said more about me than it did about those others. You know what, I'm better than they are. I got a bigger church. I'm smarter, I got more education. I'm, I I didn't have more money, I was just a poor pastor. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. Folks, whatever your list is, it says more about you than it does about them. And it narrows your thinking. Notice the results of this out of Proverbs 12 2. Pride leads to disgrace. It will not lead you to the stage in receiving the Vince Lombardi uh, trophy. It leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Your list and my list is disgraceful, and it prevents us from being better. Take a broader perspective and see others with a sense of awe. See, will you write this down? Cultivate the relationships you already have. Instead of saying, you know what, I just got to get a whole bunch of new relationships. Take the relationships that you have and go higher or go deeper. Instead of pretending that they're significant, folks, treat them like they're significant. Instead of pretending that there's real love in this relationship, go for it. Take a look at Romans 12. It says, don't just pretend that you love others, really love them. I think far too often what we do in our relationships is that we pretend that we love others. Don't do that. Go for it. I've asked people these last several weeks, in light of this message, why do you, be, why do you think that, that people stay on a superficial level with most people in their life? And their number one answer was this. Busyness. Busyness. Here, there, there, over here. Busyness. My response is this. Slow down. And cultivate the moments with the person that you are with. Now, how will that happen? First of all, as you and I are open to this. Open to people. And it can be any type of person. It can be an introvert or an extrovert. It can be a good-looking person. It can be an ugly person. It can be a young person. It can be an old person. It really doesn't matter because the one thing that is common with people who are open and transparent is that they allow other people to see into their soul. Another way is just by asking them, a question. And when I say ask them a question in that moment, I'm not talking about the commercial question. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? What's up? No, I'm talking about a sincere question. Launch a sincere question and just say, how's it really going? And look them in the eyes because the eyes communicate care. And then listen 
to their heart. Now, for some of us, that is a struggle to do, especially if you're a guy. You're, you're me. I mean, I hear hurt in people's hearts, and immediately I want to jump. Here, here are the four things you need to do. I got this all processed out. In fact, I'm teaching on it next week, okay? We like to fix people's problems. Or, after they share their heart, they, we look at them and go, well, that's nothing. You ought to know what I'm going through right now. Listen to their heart. Listen to them. Folks, I am not a good counselor, okay? Don't come to me for counseling. I am not good. You come in, share your heart, I'm gonna giggle at you. <laughs> what a jerk. You know. No, I, really, I, I don't do that. But I have learned over 40 years of ministry, most people coming into my office for counseling really do not want advice. You know what they want? They wanna know that they matter. And so you listen to them. And then you love them. After they've shared their hurt, whatever they're struggling with, you say, you know what, that took a lot of courage. That was huge on your part. And I want you to know, I love you. And then let them share more. This is the challenge in our busy culture today. We are here today and we are gone tomorrow. <laughs> but ask them, is there anything else you'd like to say? Now guys, if you are married, I just gave you a template to be sexy with your wife. Launch a question, listen to them, love on them, and let them talk as much as they want to talk. Now, I heard a story. I'm getting ready for some jokes. Valentine's coming, right? I heard this joke about this guy. He's working hard. He's married, okay? He comes in late, and he has a box of chocolates in one hand and a roses, a dozen red roses in the other hand. He walks into the house and his wife immediately breaks out crying. And he asks, what's wrong? He says, it's been a terrible day. The bus broke down and I had to take Johnny to school. I get back home, the wash machine broke. I had to call the technician. Little Johnny, when he did get home, he tripped on the stairs, he broke his leg. I had to take him to the emergency room. This has been a terrible day, and now you walk in with a bunch of roses and, and chocolates in, in the other hand, you're drunk. Oh, come on, work with me, okay? I'll work on that one a little bit. I share that because I can guarantee you this, as you want to go from superficial to soulmates, through conversations with people, knee-to-knee, face-to-face, they're gonna think you're drunk. And that is why you need to go to the next one, which is D, dare to ask a few to begin the journey. I'm not talking about everyone. I'm talking about few. And it may not me with your ideal one, I'm, but I'm talking about someone Jesus ministered to thousands of people, but he had 12, and out of those 12, he had three that he really went deep with. Take a look at Proverbs 18. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 
You got to dare and you got to dare to ask. Don't think that if you're with people over the long haul that these individuals will just automatically surface to the top. Folks, they won't. It doesn't work that way. Some of you know Pastor Kyung. Pastor Kyung was my executive pastor for, gee whiz, Kyung and I now have been together 28 years. He's been gone about two, two and a half, for 25 years, let's say. I can remember when he first started coming around. He came from Ohio, and he was going to DTS, Dallas Theological Seminary, to get his master's. And uh, he ended up at our church. And I kind of hit it off with him. I mean, he's a seminary student. And so I said, hey, Kyung, you know, if you need a place to do your laundry, come over to our place. So he'd pop in every now and then. In fact, we would go on vacations. Cheryl and I would go on vacations, and we would get home. You ever gone on vacation? You're deadbeat. You just want to come in, just crash. Kyung would be there doing his laundry, waiting for a free meal. I know it. I know he, he planned it, okay? But anyway, Kyung, before he left and was here, after about a couple years, I, I, I wanted to connect. And so I came up to him and said, Kyung, would you like to start spending some time together? Sure. Okay. And so I said, great. And we set up an appointment. After a few days, he canceled it. What signal is that sending? A few weeks later, we reset another one, and, 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 we, and we make it. But he gets there late. But he launches the question. Hey, George, tell me about your story. So I begin to tell him a story. He's looking at his watch. What signal is that sending? And yet, over these 28 years, Kyung and I have worked at it. And today, I would say, I have an MVP in my life. I can call him at any time. I can go see him at any time. I can share anything with him at any time. And I think he would say, that he has an MVP in me as well. Dare to ask. E. Express God's love in these relationships. Folks, you can mess up all the other action steps, but if you express love, you win. Take a look at 1 John 4. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. What's John saying here? Simply this, that you can't give what you don't have. If you, have, if you don't have God's love, if you have not experienced God's love in your life, guess what? You can't give it. Because you can't give what you don't have. If you don't have a vertical relationship with the God of love, you can't have a horizontal relationship with others. Because you can't give what you don't have. You can't be known unless God knows you. And you can't celebrate unless you've been celebrated by God. And you can't serve unless you've been served by him. And you can't connect with others if you haven't been connected to him. Because you can't give what you don't have.
it's your choice. The Bible is explicitly clear. You can choose to be with unwise people and you will suffer harm. Or you can choose to be with wise people and you will prosper. But that will not happen unless you open the door to Jesus Christ and walk through. Because unless you are known by him and celebrated by him and connected to him and served by him, you can't be that for other people. It's your choice. Let's pray. Lord, I just really thank you. I thank you, God, for this thing called the church where we can have relationships with each other in small groups and in ministries, meeting for lunch and for breakfast, where we can go into one another's homes and care for one another's kids and have a life that isn't just here today and gone tomorrow but a life that is impactful, a life that is significant, a life that wins the Vince Lombardi Trophy as we partner with others. God, I thank you for that. And I pray that this coming year, God, wouldn't be the same as the year before but that we would make some choices, that you would help us, that you would give us the right values and guide us in the right way to have more MVPs in our life. I don't know where you're at right now in your relational world. It may be going to hell in a handbasket. Maybe that's because you haven't walked through the door of Jesus yet. Will you do that in the beginning of this year? Will you just, in the quietness of your heart, just say, God, I admit I've been filled full of pride. I've had my lists, thinking I'm better than everybody else. But right now, God, I admit I've blown it. And I need your help. I thank you for you, the forgiveness that I have through you and that it is assured because you resurrected from the grave. Right now, God, I'm choosing you. And if you prayed that prayer, I don't care, as simple as it was in your mind and heart, God heard it. Would you let me know? Would you just take a step of faith and on your communication card, just check the appropriate box, give me your email address so I can mail you some literature that'll help you understand what you just did. God, you're a good God. I thank you for your goodness. In your son's precious name we pray, amen.